You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of Big Drive Energy... We're going to recap the Keith's Cup, the three-day cup that we play uh, against each other with the members of the golf course from Spring Valley, men's league members throughout the year. We're going to discuss some personal news. We're going to ask and figure out if Rangefinder should be allowed on tour or not. Pretty crazy story we've got relating to that. And we're going to talk about the President's Cup and recap it a little bit for you. And this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Pins and Aces. I was wearing a Pins and Aces polo out on the course today. I've got the hat on right now. They have the best hats in the game, most loud polos in the game. They definitely spice up. Like if you can't play that good, you at least want to look good. And Pins and Aces can help you do that. So head head on over to pinsandaces.com. Use our promo code BDE and you're getting 15% off your entire order plus free shipping. They've got the beer sleeve, which makes... You have seven beers in your golf bag. Keep them cold the entire round. And it's all over at pinsandaces.com. So make sure to check them out. Use our promo code BDE and you're getting 15% off plus free shipping. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. Dude, we're playing so much golf now that we're like becoming old men. Yeah, well, so you want to hear how much of an old man I am, and we just got off the golf course, you already know, but... My neck's fucked up. I'm sitting here like a ruptured crab. Like, my I'm fucking trying to relax my neck. I'm all cockeyed. I just got home from golf and I got Traeger. I got chicken out on the Traeger curly. So I'm, I I might as well have a pair of Air Monarchs on, and be fucking reading the evening newspaper. Twenty eight, twenty seven. Fuck, I always fuck up our ages. Twenty seven going on seventy. That's how we are. Yeah. No, it's dude. This is always our favorite time of year. Um, honestly, I, I think a lot of golf, this much golf is kind of getting to me physically. And I don't know if I'm just in bad shape, which is for sure true, but, uh, it, it's really, I, I think I just slept wrong on my neck because the, that amount of golf doesn't like really hurt my body physically by any means. Like I'm not sore. Um, but I wonder how much, playing all this golf has contributed to my neck problem because it's not fun having to fucking, I look like an owl or the opposite of an owl where I'm like turning my full body to like look to my right. So uh, not my favorite thing to deal with, but aren't you having some back issues right now? Let's just talk about our issues. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's vent about our issues. Yeah. So I've got a, currently a lot of issues going on. 
I've got um, the injury reports strained upper back. Um, this was this has been an on and off thing for me. Randomly, the top right side of my back just hurts and it goes like into my neck. I mean, you felt it the other day. You were giving me a little little massage and you could feel the you weren't really but hands, but you could feel like the tension and like that little like popping noise every time you move back and forward on my my shoulder blade. So I've got uh, that. Yeah, that's what I've got in my neck right now is it just feels like like a little ball that I just want to fucking like somebody to take a hammer and just just make it go away. Yeah, you feel like there's just something that would make it go away. But at the same time, there's all these little things that you do that move your your neck and your back. And I think one of the most frustrating things about your back hurting is like, I'm just trying to breathe. Like, I'm just trying to be out here breathing. And <laughs> it like, hurts. Fuck golf, I'm trying to breathe. And I make those like <laughs> noises like when I move, you know, it's just embarrassing. You just sound so old. And, and this back injury was also uh, brought to you by. Uh, the Chicago tailgate. So um, a real quick, a little bit of personal news for you guys. This will be my last big drive energy podcast as a member of the spring Valley golf club triumvirate. (laughs) So for those of you guys that don't know um, members are pretty much members or general people around the DNVR scene. This is my last week at the Valley of fun. Uh, Super tough decision that I won't get into on this podcast, but I didn't and think many we of you maybe right now, but many of you may be thinking, man, like the golf content's going to stop. Like how, how are the TikToks going to keep going? I'm telling you this right now, I'm going to get straight out with it. They're going to be better. There's going to be more content, more time for us to create stuff. I promise you just keep following along, keep tuning in. But this is my last week at the Valley of Fun and relating that back to Chicago. I am becoming the all city events coordinator. So I will be head of tailgates and watch parties and takeovers for not only Denver, but Chicago and Phoenix as well. And any other cities we we moved to. Uh, so I was in Chicago for literally 14 hours. My flight landed at 9 p.m. Saturday night, uh, woke up 6 a.m., got to the Bears tailgate, fucked up my knee and back in the process uh, and then flew back home on Sunday. But so getting back to my back thing, I know it's called the Windy City, but fuck me, was it windy? And our tailgate would have gone 50% smoother had there just not been any wind. We got there, we started putting tents up. There was, we didn't have enough cinder blocks. There was fucking, this one tent was doing a full gator backflip over a fence. Then I had to stand there and hold it. Then it got back away from me and I stepped away for like two seconds. So I had to catch it and just immediate back strain. Hey, do you want to hear a fun fact? Um, and for those of you who might, this might be a well-known fact. It might not be, but the windy Chicago is not called the windy city because it's windy. Did you know that? What? No, it's called the windy city because all the politicians that are like full hot air. It, I'm almost 100% positive that it was because all the politicians that rolled through there that were like, full shit they always said it was like windy because it was always full hot air out there like that's it's not because it's actually windy there well i don't like that and i want to relate it to my story but even everybody i told about these different scenarios they're like dude the windy city bro windy city bro um but chicago they're fucking wrong well i'm going to now i wasn't armed with that ammunition of information so now that I am, I'm ready to rock. I'll, I'll shut them down. But took a little quick trip to Chicago, hurt my back there. Also think I tore my MCL and or ACL putting tailgate stuff into a U-Haul van. That was great. Um, six in the morning, I'm limping around the CHGO studios like I'm fucking just ran into a got in a high speed collision on a kickoff return. It was embarrassing. And these these injuries just continue to pile up. Uh, then Sunday night after this great Broncos win, let's put it that way. Broncos win wasn't necessarily a great game. Definitely an intense game, fun game. Always fun when, you know, it would have been more fun. Fourth quarter. I will say so for, we were there for those of you who don't know, or didn't see it on social media. Um, and that fourth quarter was fucking electric. Like 
the first three quarters, probably the most boring football game I've ever attended in my life. Like not really a fucking competition. I legitimately, did I not turn to you? And there was six 30 left in a quarter in the second half. And I thought it was the fourth quarter and it was only the third quarter. Like it took yeah. fucking forever. There's a bunch of injury timeouts that, and there was just nothing happening. Like we got the ball over and over and over and just three now, three now, three now, three now, or, or occasionally we'd put together a little bit of a drive and then just stall it out with a dumb fucking penalty. I need to, I, I have a bone to pick with the NFL refs because the Broncos obviously uh, don't look super well, like organized right now, which is understandable, but I almost feel like they're picking on the Broncos a little bit and in the way of like, how, how many flags did they pick up against the 49ers? Like three. I feel like the, now that they know the Broncos are somewhat out of whack and disorganized, they're keying in on every single thing. And maybe we just have to stop giving them a reason to watch super closely, you know, because it's just getting frustrating, man. The penalties are ridiculous. The um, everything like, and we were t- talking with our, our boy Garbs, Justin Sternad today. Um, not a big deal, whatever. Playing at Inverness, which we will get into. But he was like, dude, it's there. You can tell it's there. And even the, so the guys in the locker room feel like that. Like you can tell that there's greatness there. We just have to get it sorted out. And, and so I think it takes a lot of patience on the fan base's part. But I'm all in for the ride. Um, we're <laughs> let's ride. That's I let's even, ride. Let's I ride. Do that, but, yeah. Let's ride. Yeah. Russell is still all time corny, but he's our corny now. So it's, it's just something that we put up with and, um, I'm, I'm committed, dude. I'm, I'm going to stick it out through the whole season. And for those of you who don't know Spencer and I too well, Spencer's like a King of the hot takes. He one loss and he is like on the bandwagon, off the bandwagon. He just loves to like go way too extreme and not use logic. Me, on the other hand, I like to kind of take a step back and, and take in the entire season and not, not get too high or too low over um, everything. So Spencer and I are very differing styles in that, in our, our sports fan base era area. Um, so I, I'm just going to let it out, let, let it play out, see what happens. And um, I'm, I'm hoping for 10 wins. 11 would make me really happy. Uh, I think Vegas had our season at 10. Was it 10, Spencer? 10 and a half. Uh, I think it was right around that nine and a half, 10, 10 win mark. Okay. So if we can, if we can hit 10 wins in our division, by the way, our division looks like shit now, but I think that's also kind of a hot take. I think the I think the Chiefs and us will be fairly good. The Chargers riddled by injuries once again. We already said it was going to happen. It happened. It's happening right before our eyes. And the Raiders fucking suck. So sorry, I'm gonna have to give Justin Serbo another shout out once again. But your Raiders fucking suck, dude. Um, Al Davis is going to be calling for McDaniel's head here in the next five, six weeks. So um, they're, they're just not good. So who I think there was one ESPN analyst that said the Raiders were going to like go to the Super Bowl. I was like, fuck me. Like, what have you been smoking on? So I, I would like to find that and get that over to old takes exposed. Cause that is a, a take that is not going to go over very well this year. Yeah, the division has not started out in a great spot, which is it's so funny how NFL, they call it the week to week league. It's a super cliche statement, but so true in the fact that three weeks ago, everybody thought the AFC West was far and away the best best division in football, along with even the NFC West. People thought the NFC West would be nasty other than the Seahawks not being good. It turns out the Cardinals aren't that good. 49ers are figuring some things out. Now they have to shift quarterbacks and then. The, the Rams are just kind of like Super Bowl hangover city. Both both Super Bowl teams are kind of in this hangover phase. But yeah, our division's not very good right now. Chargers are dealing with injuries. Imagine that happens every year. And the Raiders have not won a game yet, which makes me terrified to play them this weekend. Uh, hungry dogs run faster. And, and 
the Chiefs are good, but uh, I was calling it. I said it. I think I might have said it on this podcast, which I need to clip that. I'm pretty sure I did. I think you did say that the Chiefs are going to be, or the Colts are going to beat the Chiefs. So, yeah, that was just an ultimate trap line. All the silly little guys going over to Vegas and their bachelor parties last Sunday, seeing the Chiefs minus five and a half, just dumping their hard earned money into it. Just got them. Hate to see it. I hope you didn't get fooled on the DraftKings Sportsbook with that line because that's what we call a trap line. It's an old-fashioned trap line, a team that hadn't won a game versus what some consider the best team in the AFC other than the Buffalo Bills, and it was a loss, like an outright loss. And now there's some turmoil. Uh, there wasn't really turmoil, but I'm going to create some turmoil between Enemy and Patrick Mahomes, and, you know, who knows? No, there was definitely turmoil, like Mahomes. I, I wish I could do my impression of Frogger, but he's like, Oh, go let me throw. I, I need, we could have scored there. Was that pretty good? That was really good, dude. That oh, was really we could have scored on that third down. Like, why, why uh, the enemy call? would not let me go why drive down the field. Out? I said we'd be able to get a touchdown, and he said we're taking it to halftime. That, that sounds more like fucking King of the Hill than that was more like Cleveland Brown from <laughs> Family Guy. I started to get into Dude, that. Don't space. make me laugh. My neck hurts too fucking bad. I'm gonna lose it. Oh, oh god. Ow. Yeah. Oh. Back in the injury space. So yeah, we, we both got fucked up knees. I got a fucked up knee, fucked up back. I went to the dentist today. Um, that's another thing. I was in the dental chair from 8 30 to eleven mountain standard. And it was horrible. What, what a fucking adult you are, dude. I don't want to call you out, but when's the last time you went to the dentist? Oh, uh, last Wednesday, actually. I have okay. had to go twice in two weeks. I'm talking about twice before a... you had to have three appointments. Um, I did go six months ago for a little routine cleaning. Okay. Okay. But no, it's not fun. Um, this may come up later on the fairway or four, but going to the dentist is just absolutely not fun. They numbed the shit out of my lips. Uh, I felt like I felt like I was just talking out of the side of my mouth. Didn't eat all day. Uh, we finally got to the 14th hole. Bev cart lady came over. I said, Hey, I need some, some chips. I need some barbecue chips. Open, open my mouth to eat one barbecue chip and just shit locks up. Just hurts. Then the numbness is, although I did say to them like, yo, like I came in here last Wednesday, got a little deep cleaning, which they had to numb my gums for. And I said, yo, my lip is still like partially numb. And they were like, Oh, that's normal. And I feel like they just said that to make me feel better. Cause I don't think anything should be numb for if it's okay. If something's okay, nothing should be numb for seven days. Do you think you're like having a stroke? No, I don't think I was having a stroke, but you never know if they like hit, you know, they get paid way more than we do. So they know what to do and I trust them. But if you, that you hit a nerve or something in the wrong spot, like it could cause you to be numb for way longer than normal. And I think that's what happened to me. Yeah, that's always a little scary, and you don't feel like you have com- complete control over your body, so that's always um, slightly concerning. But uh, what should we talk about first? Should we talk about our round today, or should we talk about our our Spring Valley Cup over the weekend? And let's we get play? into let's get into the past. Let's be let's be Cowboys fans for a while and live in the past and <laughs> talk about the twenty twenty two Spring Valley Keith's Cup, aka the Last Dance. We, yep. So uh, Team Mitchell, Team Team Navy ended up taking home the the title by a point and a half. So it ended up it ended up being a pretty um, narrow battle down there down the stretch, and uh, it was so much fun, dude. Like it, the the one tough thing is with working at Spring Valley and trying to play out there is it's hard to differentiate play and work. Um, but when we're out there with all of our awesome men's league guys, uh, shout out Max Berger, our boy. He's been awesome all fucking year. Uh, I know he listens to this pod, so just had to give him a quick shout. Um, he's quickly becoming a very, very good player. He's gone from, I don't know if he was like a 25. When he had, I think he just started golfing like three or four or five years ago. So he hasn't golfed like that long and he's quickly like improving. So he was a big key piece on my team. Um, I was a key piece on my team because, of course, uh, just I'm kidding, but I fucking 
played well. I played well Friday and Sunday, Saturday. I fucking couldn't find my ass with both hands in a search party. Um, so that made it a little interesting. And, uh, what, how did you feel like you played Spencer? How'd you hit it? I, I didn't hit it that well on that, the alternate shot. Real Friday. quick, that, that T shot you hit on 15 was about the wildest shit I've ever seen in my life. 16. Oh, so, oh yes. I'm sorry. You hit it from 16 left of 15, which is to the left <laughs> Of the, the hole. left of the hole, which is to the left of the rough, which is to the left of the fairway. I mean, that thing was going so far left, it came back around the same way that it should have should have been. Going. That joint did a U-turn. Well, and the worst part is, is so I played alternate shot with a, a really good player, Jonathan Sampson. He's a guy from the UK, uh, has a great, lovely accent, lovely accent. Lovely. Cheers, Johnny. He's a great dude. Awesome player. Uh, fun, just fun to be around. And we kind of pick our teams by, you know, who we like to be around and who we like to play with and stuff like that. And, and uh, he was great to play with, but I hit driver twice in an 18 hole match at spring Valley. Now it's alternate shot. So I didn't tee off every tee box, but that's just not my game. And the only, the first driver I hit wasn't until the back nine and absolutely clobbered it. And then we get to 16 matches kind of hanging in the balance. We're kind of losing, losing steam. We fought back a little bit. Uh, and I had to hit driver on 16 and I was a little tipsy, if you will. Uh, and decided to plow driver and I plowed it into the left of left of left field. It was a foul ball over the left of the third base bag. That's how far away left it was and it wasn't fun and the worst part is is i couldn't see it off the club face i didn't catch it right away and you you kind of know when you're when you're a good player or you've played a lot of golf like you know if somebody's not watching your ball every time you even if you don't see it sometimes you can kind of feel you know the more in tune with your game you are and the golf swing you are you can feel where it's going and I felt like it was really far left but I was hoping that maybe it was just a, a one-off where it wasn't near as far left as I thought it was going to be. And it was, it unfortunately was. And we lost the match on that hole. We actually still made par on that hole miraculously enough after slapping it through the weeds a few times, but it yeah, was, that, uh, that was a hell of a par, but um, yeah, Jonathan is uh, he's from Scotland. So he's definitely a big Ryder cup guy. He, he lives for match plays, a great match play player. And um, I could tell Spencer just, they were on different wavelengths where Spencer's trying to enjoy my, himself. Jonathan was trying to win and Spencer enjoyed himself, but they did not win. So, so okay. Let's, that. let's back. The, let's fucking spin these wheels back. I wasn't not trying to win. I just had to hit a lot of golf shots that I wasn't used to hitting. I was also trying to enjoy myself, but I try to do that 24 seven. Oh, 100%. Like well, I'm not going to ruin a round of golf. We don't get a, we don't get that many rounds of golf. I'm not going to ruin one by trying to go too hard to beat you in the Keith's Cup. You know? No, I totally get that. And um, alternate shot, like you said, is one of the toughest um, formats in all of golf because it takes you completely out of your game. You're having to work together with somebody who usually doesn't have the exact same kind of game you do. So you're working around that with uh, hitting, like you said, approach shots from where they hit tee shots that you're not used to. So that makes it really tough. And so Justin Hundley and I, shout out Hundo, um, we played pretty well for the most part. I think we ended up shooting one over, maybe even par or one over for the, for the day and alternate shot. And I think that's pretty fucking good. So we played well and you guys hit some really good shots. You just didn't have all of it as, uh, as it came down the stretch. So, um, that, that shit happens, but overall I, I had a fun weekend. I hope you had a fun weekend and for anybody that played in it, that's listening. I hope everyone had as much fun as we did. Cause it's always a good time. Yeah, it was, it was looking a little U S international team. The first couple of days with your team kind of, slapping my team around and and then at the end i'm proud of my guys they, they made a sunday comeback what's fun about the format in that and just like in the president's cup we watched this past weekend as well 
the Saturday, Friday, Saturday matter, but not particularly, you know, like they, they don't like they matter. Like you can't be, can't lose all 12 points and expect to win all 12 Sunday, but a three to four point lead can easily be erased. And how we score it is the front nine is a, is a half a point. The back nine is a half a point and the total is a point. So realistically you could be getting your ass kicked on the front. You'd be five down. If you win the back, it's a full point swing because you're either losing, going losing two to zero or losing one and a half to a half, which ultimately matters, of course, in the very end of it, especially when it gets as close as it did, you know, like thinking back to it, if there was a point swing, like if me and Fabian on Saturday in the scramble make that putt on 18 and win the match, does that, that only flips a half a point, but it flip that flips the whole thing, a whole point, and then it's even closer than it ended up being. So in the moment, you don't think about each individual quarter point or half point mattering as much, but when you get down to the end of it, you just, you know, hindsight's always 20, 20, but you look back and you're like, well, shit, if I could have, if we could have just won this hole, then we would have won the match and then we would have flipped the whole thing. So, but right. yeah, shout out, shout out to all, all the guys uh, that came out and played, you know, this is a, an awesome thing that that spring Valley has been doing for a long time for their men's league members and the guys that lead in the Stableford race at the end of the year, we all get together, play three days of golf. We get to have a nice, we had a nice prime rib dinner Friday night with the guys and they were having a good time yucking it up. And it's cool too, because it's, it's all different groups of guys, even though they're all part of the same team at the end in the Keith's cup. It's a lot of guys that haven't played with each other or don't know each other. So real cool opportunity for, for dudes to meet other players from the golf course, even though they don't know them and, and sharing a weekend of free golf and free food, which not sure anything gets much better than that, unless you add free alcohol into that. That's very true. Free alcohol always makes stuff better, but overall just a, a, a fun weekend of golf. And hopefully everybody realizes that it's, it's about having a good time and not just uh it's competitive, but it's also fun. Like at the end of the day, and I think golf in general, people need to remember, like if you're out having a good time with your buddies or whatever you're doing golfing or how, you know, at the end of the day, you're not going to remember five years from now how you played, but you could remember having a laugh with your friend or, you know, just how gorgeous the weather was or the company, like just try to enjoy yourself. Cause you're not going to remember five years from now how well you played. You're just going to remember the the time that you had. So I think that's that's about as good as advice I, as I can give anybody is is try to put it in perspective and realize that it's just a game and and it's not always going to go the way you want, but just enjoy it anyways and um, live with the results. Sometimes you're going to play well, sometimes you're not, but always have a good time because then you, you don't feel like you were it, it was a waste. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. What a sweet, sweet way to put that. But it's all about it's all about having a good time and golf. and shout out once again to Max Berger. He got us the sickest plaques like this shit's already hanging up. I have like barely anything hung up in my new office. That thing went up right away when I got it. It's an awesome big wooden plaque that says thank you, has our names on it, has a sweet old persimmon wood golf club on it. It's like a display really cool gift. And that's one of the things that makes, you know, makes the job all worth it when you you get things like that from people, or they just show their gratitude for what you do all year, because one day we'll maybe get, get, do a deep dive into what it's like to be a golf pro. And maybe we'll have, you know, when we have a golf pro on again, at some point we'll get into that, but like people think it's just easy and people think it's just like, everything's no worries and this and that. And like, if you care about your job and you care about being good at it, every job has worries and stresses. Yes. Some are easier than others, but like, I feel like people completely miss the boat on their golf pro. So your local golf pro that you asked to do this or that. And in the moment, you know, he's probably got five other things going on and that doesn't mean don't ask him. He's going to take care of it. He, she, he or she is going to take care of it for you. But overall, like I, I do kind of get annoyed with the stigma that like, being a golf pro is a semi easy job and has no stress and it's not, you know, it's just in the summer or this or that, like there's a lot of long hours, not going to get into a whole 
pity party here about it. It's a, it's an overall really good job, but the the amount of stuff that members and people do when they come in that just like throw you off your rhythm of what you're trying to get done is unbelievable. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I told this story, but a couple of weeks ago I had a I had a member, and he'll know who he is if he's listening to this. But I don't think he has a cell phone newer than a flip phone, so I'm not worried about him listening to this. Um, he'll remain nameless, but uh, he I'm in the middle of eating a sandwich. And I mean, I'm eating my lunch. I'm behind the counter. I'm trying to, you know, enjoy a little tuna sandwich. I love my tuna. And he sticks his fucking putter in my face so close. It almost touches my face while I'm eating and says, I need this regripped. And I about turned to him and said, I need you to back the fuck up and wait for me to finish my lunch until I'm I gonna decide. put this grip where the sun don't shine, pal. I need you to shove this grip so it makes you look like a scarecrow. I need you to sit on this thing. <laughs> but yeah, for real. And just like shit like that, like that it's so small to, or they don't think it's that big of a deal or they think they're being nice. I don't, I don't know what, what he was going for there, but it really kind of fucked me up and it stuck with me. Super oh, yeah, nice old guy too. He's like a sweetheart. Like, yeah, there's but, just little shit like that that can get to you. And I think we've, kind of been on tilt these last few months anyways, because we just get, you just get to a point in the season where you're just burnt out anyways and little shit that normally doesn't affect you really gets to you. So that might be a little part of it too. Um, but yeah, that if I'm eating and I know like I'm, I'm I eat a lot, so I get it. Like sometimes you're going to catch me while I'm eating. Cause I, I do eat fairly frequently. Um, but like if somebody just blatantly, like when somebody comes and stands over my meal and like breathes on it, I'm like, could you fucking give me my personal space, please? Like that is a top five disrespectful move to me is like breathing on other people's food. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that shit just grosses me out. Yeah. Just people being around your, uh, yeah. Just being around your food or what's that? Or, Oh, can I have some of this? Or, or yeah, like you said, just not like, Oh, I know you're eating lunch, but like, no, there's no buts. Like you stop yourself there, realize I'm eating lunch and take a second to do whatever you else you need to do before you ask me something like we don't get to just go hide in our office and eat lunch all day. Like we still have to answer phones. You know, I have to ch- hurry up a bite of my chips because I'm about to answer a phone call. Like this sounds very whiny and it's really not meant to be, but I think people don't realize how much golf pros really do and put up with from not only members, but daily public play, you know, depending upon the course you're working at, get it from all angles. And these people, you know, they think you're, you're their best friend, which is the point of your job. But I can comfortably tell you about 90% of people I wouldn't even consider hanging out with outside of the golf course, even though they think we're quote unquote close friends. And I don't know. It's just one of those things. And like you said, we're, we're at the end of it in, in the season where we're just, everything's annoying. Every time the phone rings, I want to spike it into the dirt. You know, it's like, <laughs> you don't need, you just make a tea time online, dude. That's it's 2022. But yeah, I totally, you know, totally get that, bro. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of in the same position, but we're going to, well, you're out at the end of next week and I don't think Spencer mentioned it, but I'm leaving the value of fun at the end of this year. So um end of the calendar year day before new year's is going to be my last day at the valley of fun um i really don't have much of a plan i'm hoping to make some more con some more golf content we're we're open to cover some tournaments this winter um travel some different places make some really cool on course content do shit like that so um ultimately kind of treat this like our jobs like this has always been a, a side gig for us you know and uh, I think once we can put more time and energy into this, I think we'll put out a better product. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, the course content, the pro shop content, it's we're, we're still coming with the heat. Don't, don't anybody be worried. The heat is still coming. We're still going to have TikToks, which we uh, had one today. We'll get into that in a little bit, talking about our round today, but uh, all the, all the content we produce is still going to, it's still going to happen just like it always has just going to be from a different location. The Valley of fun is the end of an era for us. 
Um, but it doesn't mean the end of big drive energy by any means. It means actually growth um, because we're definitely going to have more time to put into big drive energy and we're looking forward to that. So even though our era is ending and the season is ending for us at the golf course, the NFL action is in full swing and the NFL season is just beginning. Only in week three, I always try to count down the weeks and be like, oh, it's only week three because the NFL season is just such an exciting time. And I try not to try not to waste it and always enjoy every game, even if it's a shitter on Thursday night, like try to enjoy it. And I do that with the DraftKings Sportsbook. I've put money into my account and have decided I'm going to bet every single game, uh, every single standalone game. I'm going to bet the first touchdown because that's my favorite bet in the world. And so every Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night game, you catch me betting on first touchdowns. Um, I'm unsuccessful thus far, but that doesn't mean you can be. Last night was a little bit of a gimme with Saquon Barkley, I think, but odds were a little low, so I usually go for the, the higher odds. But you can get into the action as well with the DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and bigger wins. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL game. That's one Abraham Lincoln, and you win $200 in free bets if that team wins. So make sure you get hopping on the DraftKings Sportsbook using our promo code DNVR, and you're getting in on that. And everyone can boost winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So the same-game parlays, we've been telling you about them for a while. You're able to hop in there, pick like three or four different things from one game, put them all together, and you get yourself a same-game parlay. And every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100% with payouts bigger than ever. Bigger than ever. Why bet on football anywhere else other than the DraftKings Sportsbook? It is the best app. It's the easiest app to use. Super fun to bet on golf with. Super easy to bet on golf with. Also super easy to bet on the NFL. So you can throw down stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long so you can do what i've been doing but with the stepped up same game parlays go thursday night sunday and monday when there's nfl football on so download the DraftKings sportsbook app now use the promo code dnvr and you get 200 dollars in free bets if your team wins when they place a five dollar bet on any football game code dnvr only at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply see show notes for the details also want to talk to you guys a little bit about game time. So game time, the best ticketing app there is out there. You can wait till right when the game starts and get extremely good deals on tickets that you've never sat at before. We are using game time to get tickets for our away game coming up here. We're going to the Broncos Ravens in Baltimore and game time gives us the easiest opportunity to do that. We got game time tickets last year. Uh, Every Broncos game we go to, we always think tickets are going to be cheap at the beginning. They're not. Then they the price hikes middle of the season. Everybody's getting hyped up. And then we're like, no, we're just going to wait until the day of. And people are like, are you crazy? And, I'm like, and I used to think this was crazy, too. I used to be so nervous, like trying to buy tickets the day before a game. I was, I was like, no, let's just get them. But with game time, you can do that super easy. So. The best way to support us is by buying tickets through the link in the description of our pod. So go to the description of our pod on whatever app you listen to the podcast on. You can find the game time link, go through that and get yourself some tickets. Nuggets are starting on Monday, which is insane to me. Uh, the Avalanche have already had a couple of preseason games. Football's in full swing. So there's a ton of stuff to be able to buy tickets on game time with. That doesn't even include sports. Like you're not a big sports fan or don't like going to crowded sports games. Everybody loves music. I've never met a person that doesn't like some sort of music. So you can get into concert shows, a ton of things with game time. So make sure you're checking out the game time app and buying tickets through the link in the notes of the podcast. You're getting the best deals right before game time on any games and shows that you would like to go to. All right. Let's talk a little bit about our round today. Super fun track. We got to play Inverness Golf Club down there in Greenwood Village. Uh, played with our buddy Justin, of course, as we, we you know, not flexing on that at all. Uh, he's actually a pretty good golfer. Like, you don't consider most professional athletes like good golfers other than the guys that you know. You know, it's like either you know that they're good because they're 
doing stuff like Aaron Rodgers or whatever, like the match. But Garbs is a pretty good golfer and a fun time to be around. And we also got paired with a member, Srini. Uh, Srini is a um, super nice Indian dude. Talked to him for the whole round, obviously. He was kind of shy at first. Didn't know what we were getting into here, but some, uh, and then we find out at the end of the round, oh, he's like, oh yeah, I'm, I, uh, tried to kind of tried to ask him what he did, you know, cause you're always interested. Like you can tell if any dude's a member at a private club and plays there three times a week, like he's probably doing pretty well for himself. And he was like, oh, I'm retired. And I'm like, oh, that's not what I asked. Like, how did you make, well, he said he was money? on boards at private equity firms. So that, that was kind of a, a, a good indicator, but. Yeah, but you you always want to know how they made their money. Like it's always interesting to me. For sure. And then he then he just drops in at the end of the 18th hole that he was the CEO of Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, oh, weird. That's a pretty good deal. Pretty good scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Not a not too rough of a life. Well, I'm I can imagine the work was hard, but I can imagine he was compensated more than fairly for his time. So yeah, but Srini is he was a typical, I didn't get a video of his swing. I should have maybe to put some video evidence on this, but he was, he was a perfect example of the fact that you don't have to be, you don't have to have the best golf swing to be able to play good golf. Um, you just have to be able to play enough golf to where you're comfortable with your personal game. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. That, that's exactly what he did, like what he looked like. He, his swing was like from a, a purely a um, mechanic standpoint was not great, but he played really good golf. Like he, he had driver almost as far as I did. Um, and he's probably in his early 60s, I would assume, maybe 50s. Um, but he hit it plenty far. Uh, his short game didn't seem that good, but the greens were punched. So kind of tough to say there. Um, but overall, I mean, he, uh, he had a pretty damn good golf game for what his swing looked like. Like if you looked at him, you wouldn't think he was probably like a 10, I would bet, but I think he was probably around a 10 or so. Yeah. I'd say somewhere in that range. Like I saw his golf swing on the range and I was like, Oh my God. He was like, I'm playing with you guys today. I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, it's always, nerve wracking which we do get it but most of the time it ends up working out just fine and people are just people and cool and that's exactly how he was he was awesome um but you always get a little worried and and us knowing the golf swing a little bit more you see it and you're like oh here we go but he was actually a really cool dude enjoyed talking with him the whole round and he played the blue tees which are the back tees there with us which was cool but you could tell he just hated it He's like, fuck, I have to go all the way back there. Like, I cannot get my driver where I want to get it. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he definitely was not used to playing the back tees. And I think it was good for him to – and it was funny because he kept going, I wonder what this hole looks like from back here. I was like, it just looks longer, dude. Like, not Inverness is fairly in your face. Uh, really good track that kind of demands that you hit the ball and play. Um, you can definitely, if you get crooked there, you can get it going fucking sideways and losing balls and all that stuff. So he, uh, he, he definitely is capable of playing those back tees, but I think he was used to playing better golf from the, the one up tees. So I can't say I blamed him, but it seemed like he had a good time with us too, which is always good. We're not totally shitty to hang out with. So that's always a reassuring thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, we're like, the thing is, is when, you know, when we tell people we're professionals, it's just like a, I don't know. There's just such a misunderstanding of what a golf professional is in all aspects of it. We went on for 10 minutes about that, but he thinks that we're about to burn it up and shoot 64. And I told him originally I was a PGA pro at first because the pro shop told him he'd be joining one. And I'm like, ah, fuck, here we go. And then I shoot 80. And I mean, I played okay. I didn't hit it great. Spray driver all over the map but overall i didn't hit it great and shot 80 and and he's like god maybe i should just be a pga pro other than the fact that he's retired and probably makes more money per second than i make in a year um at his peak (laughs) but you know just like i i do hate that stigma and it's a fair stigma 
but I just like would rather play with people that I know in that for that reason, for that aspect. Yeah. Totally get that. And so he was he was a good time to play with. And we played, like I said, we played Inverness, pretty good golf course. Um one shitty thing, only two par fives. I had to lay up on both of them today, and I hated that. But on the 16th hole, uh, we got there. There was a tournament when I got there, and I had a panic attack that I was like, oh, I, I know how tournaments run, and usually like there's no tee times kind of right after they get off. But when I walked into the shop, I heard them kind of milling around talking about where they started people, and they started them on one through nine. A little interesting play by the, by the tournament coordinator, but I appreciated it because we could get off about 45 minutes after the tournament went out at noon. And uh, a really good golf course other than the, the two only two par fives and me having to lay up on both of them. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing more frustrating and the par fives are not like super gettable either. Um, the one on the back nine from the back tee is like six twenty, So uh, not really a gettable par five either way. Um, the one on the front, what is the one on the front? Um, the second hole. Oh yeah. Um, and that's not really a super gettable par five either. So a lot of par fours and par threes, but really good track overall. Um, definitely a place Spencer and I could see ourselves playing a lot more in the future. Who knows, maybe a mem- buying a membership there. Um, so we'll kind of see, see how everything shakes out. But yeah, I really like that track. Yeah. And Srini was very, he was very displeased with the greens today. Um, I think, I think also people really try to step their game up when they play with us. I don't, I'm not saying we, we, that we warrant that at all uh, for the record, but I think people are just like, Oh, they, they think they're trying to be a lot better than they really are. And so that part, he was like, I just can't putt today. These greens are horrible. And I'm like, dude, you remember here? And he's like, ah, they usually roll in this and that. And today they're just horrible. I can't read them. They're slow, blah, blah, blah. So he wasn't in the greatest mood, but overall just a cool, cool dude to talk to. And when you meet different people on the golf course, it just opens up your perspective to life. He's like, he, after the round, he's like, if you ever want to come play out here, just let me know. Tell him Srini sent you. We'll get out and play. And he's the dude I actually play with again. Like <laughs> by the last hole, he was saying fucking a lot and he turned his hat backwards. And I was like, this guy's a legend. Like, I like this guy. Yeah. He turned out to be a lot cooler than I think we anticipated him being originally. So I think it was a pretty fucking good time. All in all solid time at the Inverness. All right. Let's talk a little bit about president's cup. Uh, Kind of what we thought it would be, except the international team definitely made a run on Sunday in the individuals and Tom Kim superstar. Uh, he, he was bringing the energy to the President's Cup for sure. Yeah, I think Tom Kim and Max Homa were definitely the stars of the show. Uh, and Max is just like, we kind of talked about it a little last week, but he just encapsulates like what everybody would be feeling if they were, so, if they somehow qualified for the President's Cup because he was just so excited. Um, he was just like a little kid in a candy store, just super patriotic, super into it. Um, and Tom Kim is a 20 year old who's burst onto the scene recently from, I don't want to get the country wrong that he's from. Um, let's see where Tom Kim is from. He is, he's from South Korea. He's from Seoul, South Korea. Um, Spencer, just take a, a shot in the dark at what year he was born. Oh, God, 2001. 2002. Jesus. He was born in 2002. So he's pretty freshly 20 years old, and he's making a huge name for himself on a global scale. Um, and he really had a rise to, uh, to like a super quick meteoric rise this year. So he won twice on the J- Japanese tour. Um, this year, I think it was before his birthday. So as a 19 year old, and the, for those of you who don't know the Japanese tour, the Japan tour is a super competitive, um, feeder tour that you can eventually get onto the DP world tour, things like that. Um, almost like an equivalent of the corn Ferry, but I think, I think it's even a little bit bigger because they do get a lot of like local, like Japanese stars because it is so regional where 
if you're in Japan, you can play on the Japan tour um, and you don't necessarily want to go, you know, unless obviously you're making your way up to the, the DP world tour and all that, but there's a lot of really good talent over there in Japan. And uh, so being from South Korea, he's super close. So that's kind of where he started his professional career. He won twice there. Um, and then I think he ended up either getting an exemption as uh, I'm not exactly sure how he got onto the PGA tour. It must've been some sort of exemption through world ranking points, I think is what it was. Um, but he started playing on the PGA tour kind of middle of last season and ended up winning at the Wyndham. So now he's all of a sudden he's a PGA tour winner and he's 20. Um, and one other fun fact about him is, so his name is actually uh, Kim Ju Hyung. Um, Ju Young Kim. Ju Young Kim. Yes. Okay. I, I don't know why they have it backwards here. Um, are you, are you positive? Yeah, his name is Ju Young Kim. They call okay. him Tom. Um, but his nickname is Tom from Thomas the Tank Engine. So I think that's a pretty cool nickname to uh, to get. Like, I feel like I look like I feel like I look at Thomas the Tank Engine in kind of a positive light. Um, so that's a cool nickname. It's not like some demeaning. Like my nickname would be like Barney or some shit like that. Like some horrible ass nickname out there. Um, but yeah, he, for being a 20 year old, he's got some serious fucking game and him and Max Homa ended up battling it out Sunday in individuals. And that was a great match. Max won like four straight holes in a row down the stretch. Um, but they just went back and forth all afternoon and it really didn't end up mattering, but it was just like kind of the key feature match that that was a lot of fun to watch and kind of in a, in a president's cup that the, result seemed like a foregone conclusion um gave us a little something that was like oh that's actually fun golf to watch you know what i mean so um i really enjoyed watching those guys battle it out down the stretch yeah and the united states had an eight to two lead after the first two days so everybody's like oh this is going to be a blowout but it got into it finished at 17 and a half to 12 and a half so not an insane blowout like everybody thought it was going to be. Of course, the talent level is very different, but golf kind of evens out the playing field most of the time. You can usually play, you know, all these guys are professionals, so they're kind of on the same playing field. Um, but the late, like late on Sunday, the international team either led or was tied at some point in the back nine in seven of the final eight matches. So that could have gone a very different way. And that's just like our Keith's Cup. What makes it so fun and so intense is because every shot matters, every hole matters. And just like Max Toma with his win last week at the Fortinet, like you're never out of it. Like Xander Shoffley hit a shot into the water from had to drop 220 out and then hit to 10 feet and made par and ended up winning a hole. Just things like that. You don't think like the second somebody rinses one, your um, amateur golf mind goes to, oh, he's out of this hole. Like he can never come back from this one. In reality, these guys can just hop right back on the wagon and make a par from hitting an awful, awful golf shot and end up winning a hole. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can never count a guy out in match play and, um, that's your first mistake is assuming that you've got a whole one because it'll really come up and bite you in the ass. If you make any assumptions and kind of let your guard down. So yeah, overall, um, pretty, I, I thought that, uh, quail hollow was a great venue. It seemed like they had a pretty decent turnout all, all relative to, um, fans wise and things like that. But the rider, it, it's just kind of like, here's something to watch because there's no Ryder cup. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how it feels. And maybe some of the live guys that could have participated this year that weren't able to would have changed that and actually made it kind of more must watch golf a little bit. Um, but overall they, the, the international team was still very formidable and uh, they, they put up a good battle. So I saw somewhere and I didn't know that you could bet on this, but you, you could have bet like a point deficit. And you could have bet the international team plus six points at even money. Um, oh, wow. They, so they ended up losing by five. I, I wouldn't call it an easy cover, but 
um, they ended up covering that spread at even easy, even money. So um, hindsight's always 2020, but fuck that. That's a, a pretty big point discrepancy to, to put out there at even money. So I wish I would have seen that. I didn't, didn't really know you could bet that. So the more, you know, right. The more, you know, when you hop onto the DraftKings Sportsbook, use that promo code DNVR. All right, let's get into our this week's edition of Fairway or Four. Oh, so, wait. real real quick, let's t- let's tell the uh, rangefinder story. Oh yeah, get into that. Um, so the range, this this dude, um, I think his name is Blake Abercrombie. I know his last name was Abercrombie. What what a fucking last name! I would have given my left arm to have that last name when I was in eighth grade. So that's all I wore, like every other preppy douchebag uh, middle school kid, but. Um, he signs up for European tour Q school pays like the $2,000 entry fee, yada, yada, yada. This is an American guy. So he flies over from America, plays his practice rounds, this and that, uh, tease it up on the first round of European tour Q school and bust out a range finder second shot and immediately gets disqualified. Um, so spent probably five grand out of his pocket or whoever's pocket that paid for it. But since he whipped out a rangefinder, it was an auto DQ. Um, he's heading back home $5,000 lighter with nothing to show for it. So uh, give me your opinion. Do you think that's a little extreme? And do you think that players should be allowed like in Q school to use rangefinders? Well, I do think they should because of the reason like, they're not having like the full caddies that are going through the golf course with a fine tooth comb and knowing every yardage and every flag. And, and honestly, like, I don't know. Golf is a hard sport. If anyone didn't know that, if you ever played it, you know, you know exactly how hard it is. And I don't understand how knowing the yardage is like an overly big advantage because I mean, it's a big advantage. Let me put it, let me put it this way everyone knows pretty close to the yardages, but I don't know anybody that's like, Oh my God, you know, it was 134 instead of 136, which my caddy had. And that changes the overall outcome of everything. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I'm just too amateur to say that way. Think that way, but no, overall, I think, I think you're I th- pretty, you hit the nail on the head. Like it, at the end of the day, you're going to get your yardage. It just depends on how quickly you get it. You know what I mean? Like you can step it off this and that, but you're going to end up getting the same yardage. It's not giving, it's not giving you information that's not readily available anyways. You know what I mean? And that's where I really have an issue with it is when um, like people are like, Oh, but it's like old school to not use a rangefinder. Sure. So you spend an extra five minutes, every whole walk pacing off your yardage, then looking at the yardage book, seeing what it is from the front, this and that, like, I mean, at the end of the day, I think it speeds up play a little bit and, and I'm all for it. So I just think it's ridiculous, especially like you said, in that setting um, where these guys, they don't want to pay a full-time caddy. Like they're, that's already so much money out of your pocket um, to go sign up for one of these qualifying tours and uh, play in this shit. So you want to pay somebody else five grand to fly over, you know, work for the week, this and that, it just doesn't work like that. So um, I think it's, it's just ridiculous. And the fact that he, this dude got DQ'd for using a range finder is just crazy to me. So uh, I just wanted to tell that quick story, um, see what your opinion was on that. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't see golf moving forward without range finders. So. Yeah. I just don't think you, it's realistic for you to, not play with a rangefinder nowadays if you want to be semi good you know it's just one of those things you just need to know your yardages and you if you practice and test them all on the range you need to know them and when you get back onto the golf course you need to know them so i don't think i think it's just a much ado about nothing it's not like it's not like they're not allowed to get a t- it's not like certain people aren't allowed to get a ton of information then um then then a player that has a rangefinder so yeah, kind of crazy to me. Exactly, man. I totally um, Real quick, before we do get into our fairway for one great pre- uh, quote from 
Kevin Kisner in the press conference. There's nothing these guys can do to hang with me tonight after his President's Cup win. I've never seen a better group of golfers and a worse group of partiers. Damn. So shots fired at the at the U.S. team. They do kind of like just looking at the the roster of it, you know, like you. Yeah, they're you, like you know. buddies that have like a couple beers and start flying off the handle, like can't handle their liquor um, or they just don't drink. Either way, I respect it, but yeah, Kiz, Kiz knows how to put him away and he knows how to party. So that is, he's definitely in my top five of guys that I would love to have a cocktail with that are on the PGA tour or 10 because oh. he seems like he's just a fucking hoot. Seems like he's a nonstop kind of guy, which I love. Yep. It's kind of, kind of right up my alley. All right into our weekly segment of fairway or four we are going to have a guest on for you guys here in a couple weeks that is a promise so make sure you're tuning into that um excited to announce him he'll be hopping on with us talking about uh some a different aspect of the world of golf and and selling golf clubs and being in that space but uh fairway or four this week i'll start it off um, this is really fresh in my mind because I was there today and last Wednesday. I think the dentist is like kind of the worst of the, the things you have to do as an adult. Like one of the, it's the worst appointment, you know, like going to the doctor and eh, going to the chiropractor and eh, the physical therapist, you know, the, those kind of things. But I think the dentist, like, and my dentist is great phenomenal they're they're very caring they they're very into it they're they're very good at their jobs they're very quick they're very they i got to watch netflix but it still sucked and i I just don't know what it is yeah see i'm gonna go four on that like i'd rather go to the dentist than the doctor um and other things like i don't know but it's only because i take pretty good care of my teeth so i know there's no problems um, I don't really know what my blood pressure's at with all the nicotine I ingest or any of those things. So it makes the doctor a little bit more daunting. Um, I yeah, the doctor to me them. is just, you feel like you go in there, you sit down you lie about a bunch of stuff that you do in your life. They hit your knee a few times, check your heart rate and you're out. Yeah, that seems pretty broad, but yeah, I, I mean, I know a lot of people who hate the dentist, so I think you'll get a pretty resounding response on that. Yeah, and our our th- uh, last week's fairway or four, we did get the votes in on that. So I had had a, having wash wadded up money in your wallet, psychotic behavior, a resounding eighty one percent fairway on that. So people agreed with me. Yours was uh, a, a not a hot take necessarily, but a very fifty fifty, and kind of ended up that way on the voting. Uh, the ocean is scarier than space. Fifty three percent fairway, forty seven percent four. So if we were rounding up, you would win. But the or you would you would be right in the people's eyes. So, all right, what is your fairway or four for this week? Um, so my fairway or four it gets into like style. I want to talk about styles of barbecue, um, because there's like Memphis, there's Kansas City, there's um, South Carolina. There's a bunch of different styles of barbecue, and my favorite style of barbecue sauce has got to be like the vinegar-based South Carolina barbecue sauce. So my favorite for is the South South Carolina-style barbecue sauce is the best type of barbecue sauce there is because it's not super sweet. I don't like the super sweet, like Kansas City's, like super sweet and just like overpowering almost, where the vinegar-based stuff is a little bit more low-key and it's got like a little bit more bite to it in my mouth's water and just thinking about it. Cause that's what I'm about to put, put on my chicken that I got on the Traeger. Um, but overall, I just think it's a, it, it brings a lot more like different flavors to the table rather than just like your typical sweet barbecue sauce. So what, what do you think? This is a huge bomb right down the center of the fairway for me. And I, I love disagreeing with you, but I just can't on this one. I was hoping you were, when you kind of got into this and I heard you talking about barbecue sauce, I was hoping you weren't going to mention Carolina. But since we went to North Carolina last year, I never had like Carolina barbecue sauce. And then we had it on one sandwich at some famous sandwich shop down there. And now I'm addicted to it. Like I put it on everything. I Dude, buy it's it all so the much time. better than every other barbecue sauce. It is. So massive fairway for me. We'll see what the people say, but I, I, it's just, I love the gold color of it too. Like it's just all in all, just a big dub. 
right exactly it doesn't look like your typical barbecue sauce it's it's got that dude my mouth's watering like i gotta get to the traeger all right well you get to the traeger i'm gonna also go i'm gonna order some uber eats i think that's about where this this night's fallen um (laughs) we will talk to you guys all next week uh sanderson farms this week on the pga tour we'll have some uh more tiktoks and stuff coming out with you we met a long drive guy today and he was starstruck by us, which is hilarious. Um, TikTok has created some amazing, hilarious interactions for us. But make sure you're following us on all the socials at Big Drive Energy on Twitter at Big Drive Energy Pod, where we post all the videos and stuff on the Instagram as the kids use nowadays, the gram. Uh, I am at Big Drive Spence. He is at Big Drive Mitch. Have a great weekend. Broncos play the Vegas Raiders. We're going to be enjoying that. Um, I'm taking a little trip up to the mountains, so looking forward to that. We will talk to you guys all next week. Peace. Peace.